This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope this message meets you where you are and elevates you to where God is taking you. Enjoy the message. And if you want to open your Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3, uh, that's what we're going to be reading from today and, and just diving into the word here as we continue our series, We Exist. And today we're going to talk about we exist as a church. Uh, uh, a huge piece of our vision as a church is that we exist so you can encounter God. That is why Hopeland Church is here, is so that people in our world and in our community will encounter God. That's what we're believing for. And so that's what we're going to dive in today, um, the part of our vision that God wants us to encounter Him and use us so that other people can encounter Him and experience who He is. So let's pray and we'll jump into the Word. Father, we thank You today for Your Word. We thank You uh, for Your anointing and Your grace on it. And I pray You just speak to us. I pray You challenge us. I pray, Father God, uh, Lord, you breathe into us uh, the breath of life. Change us, transform us, work your will in us today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Okay, and so as we jump into this, if you're in 1 Samuel chapter 3, I'm just going to do a little introduction here, and then we're going to jump right into that scripture. But in the language of our vision as a church is the notion that God desires to reveal himself to humanity. Uh, We exist as a church not to create um, religious followers. We exist as a church to create environments for people to encounter God. And in our vision, encounter God, there's, there's an element of who we are as a church and what we're believing for that we really don't have control over. We, we're, we're, we're doing this in faith. We're believing that when we gather to worship, that when we do our hope groups and when we do our outreach and when we reach people and, and, and when we just are Christians throughout our everyday life, we believe that in our everyday life that people can encounter God through us and, 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 and directly from him to us. And so um, that, that's part of who we are. This is our vision. So, so we believe as a result of Hopeland Church being here, that people are going to encounter God in our future. Uh, I believe that there are encounters and people uh, are going to get saved. They're going to experience the power of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, the justice of God, the provision of God as a result of why, as a result of Hopeland Church being here. Okay, and I'm, I'm just, you know, out of my own heart before God is, I, I feel like every day, man, I just need a fresh encounter with the living God. I, I need this. I want this personally. Um, every day, I want to hear from God. I want to get something from his word. I want to get something out of my prayer time. I, I'm, I'm open to God. I, you know, I want, I want God to speak to me through other people, whatever. I mean, we're in a relationship with God, and he's so willing and able uh, to reveal himself to us, okay? And so uh, we need God to move, okay? Can I get an amen out there while you're at home today or wherever you are? We need God to move. We need uh, God. We need a God encounter, 
Okay, and so let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 3, and we're just going to share uh, just a story here about Samuel, and, and I wasn't intentionally sharing this story with respect to Mother's Day, but if you think about it, we're going to talk about Samuel today. If you go to Samuel chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 1, you're going to hear about his mom, and really, uh, the blessing on Samuel's life was the result of the faith and obedience of his mother. Um, faith and the call of God um, is generational. It passes through. Hannah sought God. It was hard. It was tough. I mean, you know, she was hated on. She couldn't bear children. God gave her Samuel and had more than Samuel as a result of God's blessing on her life. She had to go through a process. But man, that woman was faithful. That mother was a fighter. That mother had some strong faith. That mother had to go through some ridicule to get to the blessing. And that blessing was this young man, Samuel. And she dedicated him to the house of God. And so here it is, Samuel, this young man encounters God. And there's just some, some things in here, some principles in here that are so powerful that I believe really uh, just really connect our vision to the word of God. And so 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. So what's saying here is, man, not a lot of encounters happening, okay? Verse two, and it came to pass at that time uh, whilst, while Eli was lying down in his place and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, verse three, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was and while Samuel was lying down that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here am I. So he ran to Eli and said, here am I for you called me, okay? And so this is so powerful. And this is my first point, that God does powerful things in dark places. Um, an encounter with God, we don't need this cute, perfect environment for God to speak to us. Time and time again, um, encounters with, with God and from God will come at the seemingly darkest of times. The Bible says there wasn't widespread revelation, you know, there wasn't a lot going on. The word of the Lord was rare, but God busted through that dark heavens, if you will, and spoke to Samuel. And I, I want to tell you right now, I mean, think about this. God spoke to Joseph in a prison, spoke to actually multiple people in scripture in a prison. Um, he was with three Hebrew men when they were put in the lake of fire, put in a, the furnace of fire. Um, Lord, he delivered Daniel when he's surrounded by lions, right? He opened the heavens when Stephen was being stoned to death. There was an open heavens over him, you know, um, you know, the Bible, you know, you don't need this nice, pristine environment for, for, um, for us to encounter God. He's going to move regardless of the environment. All right. He, he, he spoke down, he came down into this environment, into the situation. And at the time, Eli's sons were sitting in the temple. They were priests. They were supposed to be living a certain way. And the priests were not held accountable for their actions. Uh, the Bible says that they were doing evil in the house of God in the sight of the Lord. And so this was there was wickedness in the house of God at this time. And Samuel's in that house. Samuel's serving in that house. No widespread revelation. The word of the Lord was rare. 
but God uh, brought an encounter to this young man, Samuel, in the middle of all of that. And I'm here to tell you right now, regardless of where you are, what's going on in your life, what's going on in our world, encounters with God are coming and they're here. And so we gotta, we, let's receive them. Uh, let, let's be open to them, all right? And he said, you know, let, let's go to verse um, five again. So he ran to Eli and said, here am I, for you called me. And he said, I, do, I did not call, lie down again. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. In verse six, then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So once again, uh, God does powerful things in dark places. I'll even venture to say that most of the time that God has done powerful things, he starts with dark places. When we were yet in our sins, Christ died for us. In the beginning, uh, when God created the heavens and the earth, the Bible says that the earth was formless and void and darkness, you know, hovered over the face, like there was darkness and then God said. And so God starts um, with dark places. Uh, if you even look at creation, that uh, God created night first, and then the day came. I know in our day, we morning, but it started uh, in creation. It started with the night and then the day. God does powerful things in dark places. You might have somebody you're praying for, somebody you're believing for, and they might be in a dark place. I'm telling you, God capitalizes in dark places. The, the, the house of God at this time and the leadership in 1 Samuel 3 was dark, was wicked, was evil, and God was about to judge them. But in the middle of this, uh, God spoke to a Samuel, a boy right in the middle of this. That is how God operates. I think sometimes we think if we just do all these things, we'll encounter God. And yes, he's gonna respond to our pursuit and our faithfulness and our seeking him, but at the end of the day, God is gonna capitalize and work in the lives of people even when they're at their worst or they're in an environment. Uh, Lord, I, I really believe this. Here we are in COVID-19. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of um, unfortunate things happening. There's a lot of sad things happening. There's a lot of confusion out there. There's a lot of frustration out there. There's, um, there's been a, a lot of people that have died as a result of this, but I'm here to tell you right now that God is poised for fresh encounters with his people in the middle of this. Uh, God does not need a nice, cute environment uh, in order to speak to us and crack the heavens open over us. And so, as, as I said before, let's go to verse five again. So he ran to Eli and said, here am I, here I am, for you called. He thought it was Eli calling him. He said, I did not call you. Lie down again. And he went and lie down. And then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. He's encountering God. It's, 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 it's interesting how it's possible to be encountering God and for us not even to realize it's him at times. It is possible. Uh, how many times in the New Testament was there an angel and you know, people didn't even know it was an angel or, or it was Jesus and they didn't even know it was Jesus. Uh, Peter got out of the boat, Jesus, is that you? He's encountering God and doesn't even realize it's there. I, I, the Bible says we entertain angels and we're not even aware of it, all right? And sometimes uh, I believe God encounters aren't something that 
we always recognize right away. Um, we don't always recognize it right away. So here it goes. Uh, so Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. So he's getting it wrong time and time again. Uh, and this is what I want to say, is that we, when we encounter God, um, it's spiritual pride to think that we're always going to get it the first time. We're always going to understand what God's saying. And this is the great thing about God's mercy and his grace and that he wants to walk through us, walk with us through this. Think about Samuel. He did not reject Samuel when he thought it was somebody else talking to him. He didn't reject Samuel when he did not um, react to the word of the Lord properly or, or he didn't respond right. God and God did it again and God did it again. And so God is so faithful. He is so merciful that even when he's trying to get our attention and we're like, you know, is that you? Is that? No, it was God. He was not getting it. But God's mercy. Aren't you thankful that when God's speaking to us and we don't get it, he keeps speaking to us. He is so faithful he is so patient. I mean, I think if we were as patient with others as God is with us, our relationships would be a lot more enjoyable. And uh, maybe I'm preaching to myself here because I'll be honest with you. You know, patience isn't my strongest suit. Anybody that knows me um, knows that Sean um, can be impatient. Any impatient people out there, Come on, give me, give me a, give, wave your hand out here. I know you're looking at a screen, but come on. Um, I have my moments. And the Bible says that God is patient with all, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God's patience toward us is always leading us somewhere. Think about this. What if God pulled the plug, said, forget that kid Samuel. His mama brought him to the house his mama prayed for him. His mama dedicated him. And this little knucklehead is up in my house serving my leaders. And he can't even hear my voice clearly. He came to him again. He came to him again. God is faithful. God, is, I'm talking about encounters with God and that we don't get it right all the time. We don't figure it out all the time. How many times have I not heard from God um, right and acted right or responded according to the word? I have not done it right all the time, but if I'm trying, he was pursuing. Samuel still got up. He was taking action. He was trying to figure this thing out and, and, and he got through it, but God was faithful. Verse seven, here it is. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Wow, that's something. Nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And here it is, my second point. God encounters aren't reserved for the spiritually mature. Um, some of my most um, profound life-changing encounters from heaven, the spirit of God touching me, I mean, me crying and weeping and shaking under the presence of God. I had a lot of issues on the inside of me at those times. I was still walking out some stuff, still struggling with, with, with sin in my life, still struggling with addiction and all this kind of craziness and trying to go after God. And yet God came and touched me. Think about Samuel. The Bible says he didn't even know him. The word of the Lord wasn't even revealed to him. He was a church kid, for lack of a better term. His mama put him up in church. 
and he was having a God encounter and God didn't reserve the encounter for the spiritually mature. God, and we, and God causes us to encounter him so we can mature. I mean, and, and I think sometimes you leaders out there, you that are, are, are growing and maturing in your walk and you have people that may not be as mature around you. You got to show grace to those people and allow them to work it out and don't judge their struggle in the middle of their encounter. You got to let God work in their life. Verse seven again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. All right, verse eight. And the Lord called Samuel again, the third time, God's faithfulness. So he arose he gets it wrong again and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you did call me. All right. I'm, I'm here to tell you right now, um, you know, your encounter with God is a process of you working out the ability to hear the voice of God. Your encounter with God is a process of you working out the ability and the grace and, and the know-how and the maturity on how to adequately hear the voice of God. You know, I, I, I love to have young people around me. I love to be around young people. They don't get it right all the time and they mess up a lot because they're trying to figure life out, let alone the voice of God. And so we gotta be able to create an environment where young people and people trying to work out their salvation can hear from God and they can walk it out and we're not gonna judge them on the way to their maturity, all right? And so, so here it is again, here it is again, verse eight, and the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, here am I, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. We need to be spiritual leaders so we can help people in their walk with God. Help lead them to their next encounter. I'm gonna say it one more time. Spiritual leaders, it is our responsibility to guide people on the journey of their next encounter. Eli was guiding this young boy on his next encounter. Wasn't trying to get all up in it, trying to, trying to get, trying to, um, you know, condemn him for getting it wrong or not trying to um, uh, work, manipulate his way. In. No, just, I, I believe we have to allow people room to grow in their journey with hearing the voice of God, okay? And so um, uh, during Easter time, um, uh, you know, my, um, my son Dominico and we, we went over, um, my brother and um, sister-in-law's house for Easter to eat and all that. And, um, and uh, we're not uh, super like um, religious about stuff. We let kids, you know, they like did their, you know, that we went over there and they got Easter, ba Easter baskets and they did Easter egg hunts. It's not something that we're super serious about. Uh, but but we, we tell our kids what the truth is. Like G Easter is all about the resurrection of Jesus. And so uh, my son, we come home afterwards and um, he has a, a cousin that's about the same age. And, um, and uh, Dominico came to us and said, uh, Mama and Dada, um, um, Mina keeps telling me that the Easter Bunny's real. And I keep telling her he's not. Okay. And, um, and, and, and he's like, you know, and I keep telling her and I keep telling her. And then he went like this. It was so funny. He was just in the kitchen just talking. And he's like, 
Like he, he was like frustrated um, because he's like, uh, we, they have fun and they did it, but they're like, look, the Easter Bunny's not real. And then um, um, we, my wife and I were laughing. We're like, well, what did you tell her? You know, what did, like we're, we're, we're walking with him through this. We're just like, so what? You know, we're trying not to laugh because it was so comical the way this little boy, my son, he's only five, and he's like, oh, Mina, the Easter Bunny's not real. Um, and so... Um, uh, we said, so, so what did you tell her? And he's like, well, I just told her that, you know, it's, he's not real. And then, and then he's like, well, what I'm thinking, uh, Mama and Dada, is that um, Uncle Zach is telling her he's real, but Uncle Zach knows he's not. And we were dying laughing. Just his, the innocence of the boy, but it was awesome that he genuinely was like, he was, they weren't in an argument, um, but he was like uh, really just walking out the truth <laughs> that Easter is all about the resurrection of Jesus in a little kid way. And so we as parents, we're not trying to, you know, make him believe. It's just like allowing him to walk it out. And, and, and that was such a, an enjoyable moment for us as parents, for him to make his own um, decisions and be able to communicate them based on his faith as a five-year-old boy. So anyway, um, that's in essence what Eli was doing for Samuel, allowing him to grow in his faith and to work out this ability to hear the voice of God and to encounter God and to engage with God in a, I mean, think about this, supernatural encounter. God himself is speaking to this boy. It's the voice of God. That is an encounter from God. That is a heaven coming down into this boy's world. And everything about Samuel and his life and the future of the nation is going to change as a result of a boy hearing the voice of God. And we don't tell me encounters don't matter. You can't tell me that we can't lean in and put our faith in and, and depend on God and put our expectation out there for God encounters in people's lives. Because if they encounter God, God's whole plan of an encounter with you is to change the environment you're in. God wants you to encounter him, of course, because of his love and his intimacy for you as a person and with you as a person. But everything God invests in, in, invests in which is your heart, your soul, your life, with his presence he wants a return on it and that return he's expecting is for you to go out and change something in your world all right so here we go verse 10 or, or sorry at the end of verse uh, 9 it says so Samuel went and lay down in his place and here it is Samuel continually put himself in a position to hear the voice of God again so how do you do that what does that mean what do you mean pastor John a position I mean, crack open your Bible. He, he consistently did it. He didn't have it figured out, but he went back. The Bible says he laid down in his place. You gotta sit down, lay down, get on your knees, get in your prayer time, uh, you know, um, get in a rhythm of getting in a place to encounter God. Get in a rhythm and get in a place to hear him again. Well, Pastor Sean, I messed up last time I heard from God. I didn't quite hear from him. Get, get back in there and get in a place and hear from God. Get back in there. Open your Bible again. Well, Pastor Sean, last time I looked at it, I was confused. I didn't understand it. Get back in there. Open up that word and, and listen to it. Get back in there. Get in a place. That's what it says at the end of verse 9. So Samuel went and lay down in his place again. Verse 10. Now the Lord came and stood and called at at. As at the other time, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel answered, speak, 
for your servant here. So here we go. He's getting it right. He's getting it right. Something's about to go down. Verse 11, then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. It's such an interesting word, tingle. Like I don't use that word. It's just a weird sounding word uh, to me. But what it means is to shake. It means to rattle. That God was trying to get to Samuel because the voice that was in Samuel was going to shake people's ears. They haven't been hearing. There was no widespread revelation. The word of the Lord was rare. But he finally cut through this brazen heaven to get to this boy. And so now this boy, the voice of this prophet and this priest named Samuel was going to shake up some things that were the status quo. He's going to shake up some things that were the norm. He was going to establish um, a leadership in the nation, a leadership in the earth, a spiritual leadership that was solid, that was established, that wasn't shaky or ma- there wasn't manipulation in Samuel. There wasn't wickedness in Samuel. There, there wasn't uh, wrong motives in Samuel. He got to this boy and the voice of this boy was, was going to tingle. <laughs> such a weird word. I don't even like saying it, but tingle. It's in the Bible. Tingle. It's going to shake. It's going to shift. It's going to both of the ears everybody's just gonna rattle their ears like oh this is something new I believe God wants to put a word in you so strong that it's gonna rattle the ears of people it's not gonna tickle their ears it's gonna rattle their ears it's not gonna make them feel good about their sin it's gonna challenge them and it's gonna empower them to be free from their sin and so here it is God God gets to this boy he says it again in verse 11 then the Lord said to Samuel behold I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will shake, will rattle. As um, this goes on, um, verse 11, as we just shared, uh, God says, I'm going to put a word in you, Samuel, Samuel, that's going to change a nation. Wow, look at that. All from a a simple encounter. Um, Profound, but simple. said, Samuel, that's how it starts, Samuel. Um, it's amazing how, if you look at even encounters with people in the Bible, how many times was God just saying their name? How many times was it just, hey, hey, like it wasn't, um, it's just the voice of God calling somebody's name. Wow, if, if we would listen to the voice of God calling our name, what's on the other side of our response to him? What is it? Why? Why did he call you? Why did he save you? Why did he forgive you? Why did he wash away your sin? Why did he deliver you of, your, of that stuff? Why did he take you out of your past? Why did he plant you in the, the house of God? Why are you serving in the house of God? Why are you a leader in the house of God? Think about all this. Why was his mama having to go through all that battle just to get the boy into the earth? Why did she have to fight so hard just to, just to bear this child? What calling? was on this Samuel. Like what? And in the simplicity of him just saying, Samuel, Samuel. How I just wonder how many other people in this generation was God calling their name and they didn't listen? How many people in our in our generation is God calling their name and they're not listening? And one responds and a whole nation changes. The power of a God encounter. 
This is the vision of our church that we're believing for encounters for you. We're praying for encounters for you. We're, we're believing that, that our community, our leaders, our team, our, the people that call this place home, that we wouldn't just, we would have encounters, but, but God would use us to, 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 to rattle something, to shake something, to change something, right? Once again, verse 11, then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, here it is, I will do something in Israel. Look at the authority of this word at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. Then he goes on to pronounce his judgment against the house of Eli because they were not being held accountable for their wickedness in the house of God. I said this um, this week in our morning prayer time that people in authority, if, if we in the environments we're leading do not hold people accountable that are in authority, for their actions and their abuse of power. They were abusing their power and they weren't held accountable. So God spoke to a boy and, and God came in and handled it. Um, I, God's method of accountability is for humans to hold each other accountable. And if we don't do that, God will deal with it. God, that's what God did. Judgment came. I'm not, I'm not pronouncing judgment over people here. I understand we're under the law of grace, but the Bible says in the New Testament, under grace, that God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And especially those that are in power, whatever environment you're in, we are all the more accountable. Because I'm a teacher of the word, my judgment is stricter than yours. And I understand that. That is something that I have to work out, that my lifestyle, I am more accountable. There's a heavier weight of judgment and accountability on my life. And, and here it is in the word that judgment was coming. Okay, so let's go down to verse 15. It says, so Samuel lay down until morning. He got the word. He basically said, there's a word of judgment against the house of Eli. Basically gave him a word that his pastor was in sin and that, uh, you know, and, 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 and he had to process that. Samuel had to process, whoa, this is heavy. This is heavy. This is like heavy, heavy revelation here. Um, and he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. I'll be honest with you, I would be afraid to tell Eli too. I mean, and I love that, that Samuel wasn't so egocentric or so brash or so, man, I got the word of the Lord, man, this guy's, no. He was afraid, like that, that's heavy. It was heavy. He's a boy speaking truth to power. Man, and Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, he answered, here I am, verse 17. And he said, what is the word that the Lord spoke to you? Please do not hide it from me. God, do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all the things that he has said to you. Eli had enough sense to know the boy was hearing from God. Eli had enough sense to be able to hear the word of the Lord from a boy. Verse 18, then Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, this is Eli talking, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. Wow. So God, God does powerful things in dark places. God encounters aren't reserved for the spiritually mature. Um, and here it is too, is we gotta learn to hear from God and submit what we hear to others. Samuel heard from God. And as hard as it was for him, he, he communicated that to Eli. 
Eli, in a sense, demanded it because he was so scared. But um, Samuel's personal encounter began to benefit the community he was in. And so when personal encounters or supposed personal encounters from God have no benefit to those outside the encounter, there's something wrong with that encounter. I'm going to say it again. Personal encounters from God will always bring a blessing to those that may not have been a part of the encounter. It's just how God operates. It is part of the reason for the encounter that um, my encounter with God is not just for me. It never is. After um, there is an encounter, there's always this, this, this blessing that comes from the person that has encountered God to others. Always, 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 always. Think about it. Moses, burning bush, encounter. He delivered a nation. It started with an encounter. The apostle Paul uh, the light comes down, falls off his horse. He's blind for three days and three nights. Personal encounter, very personal. But he wrote a large portion of the New Testament and planted churches all over the Middle East. I mean, that, that, is, um, that is what you call a personal encounter that changes community, that creates community. I mean, think about um, anywhere in, in the scripture, um, Gideon, the angel of the Lord, has an encounter from God God affirms his authority as a man of God. He denies it and he affirms it. And, and from that personal encounter, he builds an army. All right, so once again, guys, personal encounters from heaven is always given, provided, and grace to us as individuals so God can use us to be a blessing to others. All right, that's what happened with Samuel here as those, uh, those other narratives in the word of God about people, every encounter always touched somebody else. Because um, if we're a part of the body, when we being a part of the body uh, encounter God, it touches the rest of the body. When, when, when one member rejoices, we all rejoice with it. The Bible says, like, from whom the whole body fitly joined together. Um, God, we, Jesus is my personal Lord and Savior. But when he is my Lord, my life is a blessing to the community that God has called me to. It is how God operates, all right? And so let's go back in here and check this out. So um, Samuel tells Eli that word, as hard as it was for him, he was scared to do it. Let's look at verse 19. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 19. So Samuel grew. I'm going to say that part again. Look at the result. The Bible says you're going to know people by their fruit. You don't know people by their encounters necessarily because like I said, we're going to get encounters from God in the midst of our issue, in the midst of our drama, in the midst of our sin. We're still... God's still going to give us encounters. It's his grace. It's his love. But the fruit of the encounter is, is, is what we are going to see in people's lives. And here it is, verse 19. So Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. All right, here it is. This is my third point. 
genuine encounters always produce spiritual growth. I'm going to say it again. This is part of our vision, that people would encounter God. Uh, th this is the heartbeat of Hopeland Church, that people would experience God. You can, you can say it however you want. Um, use whatever language you want to, but we just say encounter. Okay? Experience, revelation, knowing God. But this is the heartbeat of our community, that we exist so that you can encounter God. And genuine encounters always produce spiritual growth. Verse 19, for Samuel grew. So Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. Verse 20, and all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Verse 21, then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh and the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. And here we go, you know, uh, here's my last point. As God invests in you so he can reap a city. I'm gonna say that again. I'm talking to Hopeland Church. That God desires for us to be a church that, that encourages and celebrates um, God encounters in people's lives. God encounters in our worship gatherings. God encounters in our hope groups. God encounters in people's lives. Um, but God is investing an encounter in you, Hopeland Church, because he wants to reap a city. God, Samuel encountered God um, individually and personally. He began to grow. Let's read verse 21 again. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. Shiloh was that environment he was in. It was the place that he was in. For the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. There it is. The revelation and the encounter from God that Samuel received in the house of God as a boy. He responded to it. He took action. Um, as hard as it was to communicate that, 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 that word, um, he did it in the fear of the Lord. He submitted it to his spiritual leaders. He, he brought it to them and, and he began to grow. And here it is again. Here's all the points. I just want to review all of these uh, before we pray. God does powerful things in dark places. All right, God's going to do powerful things in dark places. God does powerful things in dark places. God encounters aren't reserved for the spiritually mature. Somebody say amen to that. You don't need to have it all together to encounter God. You don't need to have it all together, all together to experience his love and compassion. I'm gonna tell you right now, um, it's those that think they have it all together that lack encounters. It's those that feel like they, they're okay, they don't need all that, 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 that don't receive that. Um, you know, uh, God encounters aren't reserved for the spiritually mature. It's not reserved for the super spiritual. It's not reserved for the people that may seem like they're more into it. Um, this is for, for, for God's people. It is part of the way that we walk with God, that there should be a rhythm of events with God, encounters with God in our walk with God. Um, you know, and, and genuine encounters always produce spiritual growth. And last but not least, God is investing in Hopeland Church because he wants to reap a city. We encounter him so we can bless our city. We encounter him so we can benefit our city. We encounter him to make our city better. We encounter him to make our schools better. We encounter him 
to make our police stations better. Somebody say amen. We encounter him to make the environment we are in better, all right? And so I just want to share one quick story of when I personally encountered God in the house of God. I I was a young adult. I was on the usher team in my church in Oceanside, and I was in my 20s. And this was, I had just moved to this city, actually. It was at the front end of these 11 years. I think it was within within a month or two of actually being there. I felt like God, I encountered God. I heard from God to go to Oceanside, to be a part of this church plant. It was two years in. Um, and um, my pastor at the time preached a message called a fresh revelation of Jesus. And it was a simple revelation. It was a simple message about you need to get saved again. Not that you're not saved. It's just a fresh encounter. A fresh encounter. But it was called, I remember the title of the message. I had the cassette tape. Some of y'all remember those cassette tapes, right? Click, click, you put it in. You got to rewind it, play it. You want to listen to a part again, you listen. Click, click. You got the click, click, pause button, all that. And so I had the tape. I mean, I listened to this message a million times. But I was in, I was in there. I was ushering right there on the front row. You know, the end seat on the front row. That was my spot right there. And um, fresh revelation of Jesus. Just about having a fresh encounter with God. It ought to be a part of our life. And so we're in there after the preaching of the word. Um, my, my pastor at the time just felt like we, we needed to sing just some old hymns. And that wasn't part of our culture at the time. It was, it was just something that he felt led to do. Like, let's just sing some worship, some old school hymns right now. So my, the pastor's wife broke out this little hymnal. This wasn't how we did church. It's very unique. I mean, she literally cracked open an old hymnal and um, started singing a song called... Um, uh, reach out and touch the Lord as he passes by. And she, this wasn't, there were no smoke machines, no lights. And the power of God came in the room. And, and wait, I, that's the only way I can explain it. And I started to shake and cry and weep. And I literally felt like Jesus was walking down the aisle of the church. He was literally, his manifest presence. I felt like Jesus is here right now. And I just began to weep and cry, and God was breaking me, and just doing a powerful work in my soul, and in my life, it was a fresh encounter from God, in a new season of my life, it was so powerful, it was just cleansing me, and purifying me, and touching me deep in my soul, and so I'm believing that for you, that we would have fresh encounters in the presence of God. All right, so I want to pray for you guys right now. I mean, um, and, and that encounter I had, uh, it's just one I could talk about many, but that one was so powerful for me as a young person walking with God and just taking a step of faith into a new environment. And I'm basically going to give my life to this church to serve there. And man, God showed up so powerfully. Um, and um it just changed me. I don't know. It softened my heart to things. It, 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 it made my heart more tender uh, towards people. Uh, it confirmed. Uh, in that moment, it confirmed I was in the place. It was confirmation that I actually heard from God to be there. Um, nobody touched me. Nobody laid hands on me. We, it wasn't the newest, best song. I mean, the, all that's great. I mean, we were singing a song probably hundreds of years old, hundreds of years old, out of a hymnal. And the power of God shook my world. And, and, and I was broken before God. I, I mean, I will never forget that. That was 
a God encounter. That this is part of our DNA as a church. And that it, not everything always looks the same. Not all encounters are the same. They're actually very specific, very personal. Um, but this is the DNA of our church because it's, as the pastor of Hope Land, this has been the DNA of my life. Um, this is part of my personal journey with God is that I haven't, my life and walk with God is not relegated to just being a good person. I've had supernatural experiences with God and his spirit time and time again. And this is how God wants us to walk and live as a church community. I hope you enjoyed the message and my prayer is that it inspired and challenged you. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings and to stay connected, just follow us on social media. Remember, there's always hope and your future in God is great.